baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Okay, three, two, one, hit it. It's the Chris and Amy Show. You know who it is. Also, if you didn't know, this is called the show. Now, Amy Marks pours Chris Ranji on KMOX. Hey, good morning, friends. And we're on one. We're on one on a Tuesday. Hasn't even started yet. Oh, boy, are you in for a treat. Good doctor. You're in for it today. Uh, Amy Marks, Kors, Chris Ranji. It is uh, the Chris and Amy show. We are glad to be with you. Hope you're glad to be with us. What? Happy New Hampshire primary day. Happy New Hampshire primary the day. The first primary because Iowa will always be just a caucus. Also, happy uh, Hall of Fame announcement day. Today's the day for Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, is it? Yeah, today's the day they announce um, who's going to go in. Who's in. Who yeah. is in. Do you know? Right? No. Do you well, have how would idea? I know? Well, I don't know. I thought there was like, a, there's not a shoe in this year. I don't know. I got to go look at the list. There probably is. Anyway. Anyway, uh, all I know is that if you and I were to take an aptitude test, I would win. You would not win. I would I win. I would smoke you, fool. 314-436-7900. Call that number or text it. The voicemail line, wide open. I just looked at it. It is wide open. I almost closed it and locked it, but it's open. 314-944-1120. And guess what? What? We are on social media. Boy, are we ever. Uh, Things like Twitter. You're at Amy Marks Cores. Mm -hmm. I'm at Chris Ranji. The show is at Chris Amy KMOX. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. It is a very big day for the GOP. The New Hampshire primary is happening as we speak. And Nikki Haley needs a good showing today or it's probably over for her for good. Oh, well, not for good. Well, I mean, for this year, for this, hmm. for this well, cycle. Who knows? And the Oscar nominations were announced today. Oh. We'll let you know the big hits and the big snubs. And all the movies Amy didn't see. Also, That's City right. SC. You won't believe it. The season just ended like five days ago. They're already a training camp. I didn't training realize. Training camp is underway for City SC I as we speak. I didn't realize that MLS was such a long season. It's like 11 months, basically. Dude, it is such a long season. Yeah, that's what MLS stands for, major long season. (laughs) That's actually kind of funny. That's very funny. Good for you. All right, so uh, here we are, New Hampshire primary day. Mm -hmm. And I I, I don't know, I kind of want to get into the, um, I want it to feel like a bit of of an actual race, of an actual dog race here, but it just, it feels like, this is done, and today is a formality, and whatever happens in South Carolina is a formality, and Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. But there is, a, I guess, a uh, sliver of hope, yeah. and at least the Haley campaign is pretending like there is a little bit of hope, but she is trailing by double digits. I am awash in naivete 
today. I am going to be blissfully ignorant and unaware and hopeful and optimistic and Pollyannish because um, if you don't, you'll cry. Yes, Nikki Haley is, she is not getting all of those Ron DeSantis votes. The Ron DeSantis votes are heavily going, going to Donald to, Trump. Yes. And, and he increased his lead. He with, did increase his lead, depending on where you look, about three percentage points mm-hmm. at least after Ron DeSantis dropped out. So the hope was, if, if you're a Haley supporter, if you're her campaign, you're hoping, okay, well, DeSantis is out, so naturally I'm going to get all of his votes. But I, I don't know. I think for a lot of people, DeSantis was an alternative to Trump, like Trump, but not with all the baggage. Remember, we've heard that for for months and months and months. So naturally, where are you going to go? Well, and he is also, as one political memorably put it, uh, DeSantis is Ted Cruz without the personality, which is, (laughs) that's not flattering. I mean, that, that was a huge issue with Ron DeSantis, something that I didn't expect with him because I was on the Ron DeSantis bandwagon a year and a half ago, or maybe I believed in it is a better way to put it. I honestly thought coming out of COVID, the way it was being handled, the way Ron DeSantis was monomaniacally driven to be president, to succeed as he has been since college, um, you know, unlikable though he may be, I truly thought he was the GOP's next non-Trump hope. Then Then, as Ron DeSantis started to gain more traction and popularity, you start to ask yourself, how is this guy going to be when he starts shaking hands in Iowa? Is he going to smile for the camera and kiss babies and work out really well? No, he did not. It was worse than I could have imagined. He's just not a personable guy. Again, he's Ted Cruz without the personality, if you can take that. I think with the dropout, and I didn't say this yesterday. You tell me what you think. When he announced that he was dropping out of the race on the Sunday before the New Hampshire primary, before the New Hampshire primary, I thought there's one reason alone that he's doing this. It's to become vice president. It's because he knows if he kisses the ring, which is what he said, and then subsequently what he did by endorsing Trump when he ended his campaign, he kissed the ring. I think he wants to be vice president. Um. I don't I don't know if that's his end goal. I don't know if his end goal is to be uh, the number two guy in anything. I think he's so ambitious that not even being vice the vice president is even good enough for him. That's my that's my but feeling he knows, about but him. VP is never to stay VP. If you're VP under you Trump, have, you're doing it because 2028 you want to be the guy. Right. But I don't know if that does it for him. I don't know if. Even if he wins the vice presidential nomination, if he's if he's part of the ticket and they go on to win, if it's if it's uh, Trump DeSantis and they go on to win, I don't know if that propels him into a. He might have uh, illusions of that, but I don't know that if it act, if it actually does it for him. You know, I mean, if in the real world, if he is in twenty twenty eight running for president again, that it's it's enough. I don't know. That's just I don't. that's my feeling on, on him. And I could be totally wrong on that. We did see that last week mm-hmm. Axios had reported and this list could change. But the short list of vice presidential candidates was J.D. Vance out of Ohio, Elise Stefanik. And um, who was the other? One? There was a third, but it wasn't DeSantis. I can't remember who the third person was. Um, I my guess is he goes for somebody like Stefanik. She is all in on him. Mm-hmm. She is completely loyal. And I'm not sure Donald Trump 
wants any of these people who have at any time spoken ill of him in any manner. I think he needs 100% absolute loyalty from everybody at all times. Unless, unless I think he does in a weird, sick way, like the tail between the legs, groveling, crawling back to Trump, which is what DeSantis did. I think he'd go, well, maybe, but I think he'd go, he, he might consider him a loser for that. Yeah. I think he would probably go for Vivek over DeSantis. Mm. And because I, Vivek, if you remember, best president of my lifetime. Best president. He said it over and over again when yeah. he was on the campaign trail. He was really the only candidate during the debates when, you know, it started with like 10 people and it whittled down to a couple. He was the only one that never really said a wrong word about Donald Trump the entire time. Yeah. And, and here's... And I think you're probably right about Ron DeSantis only because, unless I've missed it, I haven't seen anybody say anything about DeSantis for VP. Perhaps I missed it, and they have, and perhaps they haven't. For some reason, that's not the storyline that I'm seeing. So I'm probably so wrong on this that it's laughable. Forgive me for that. But I don't know. I find it hard to believe. Maybe it's just because it's incomprehensible to me that someone would be so sycophantic and so groveling the way DeSantis was towards Trump without some ulterior ulterior motive, other than, I guess, not alienating Trump loyalists. I, I tend to think that she was doing so well in New Hampshire, and then the next step is South Carolina, that DeSantis saw his polling numbers were in the single digits in New Hampshire and thought, well— I don't want to be embarrassed there. I don't see, want to be embarrassed in New Hampshire, and then clearly I'm going to get smoked if I go to South see, Carolina. See, I didn't think that. I, I thought Haley was on track to lose in her own state, which is embarrassing well, for her. Well, not to him, though. But just to Trump. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, again, I still think the bulwark put it best that, quote, there is no world in which it is possible to defeat a man running for president if a voters love that man b both you and the voters say that man was the greatest president ever and c both you and the voters say that this man was cheated out of the presidency by the enemy that is the absolute truth because as you said while vivek ramaswamy was the only candidate to go on stage and praise unequivocally donald trump None of the other candidates, other than Chris Crispy, 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 Chris Crispy, good lord, Chris Christie, that was so Freudian. Oh my god, man, Chris Christie, gosh darn it, you're fat shaming. No, I wasn't. Yes, you are. I was Chris Christie. My lips are chapped. I'm having a hard time oh, talking. It. At any rate. Was only Blame one the tools. to openly and unequivocally condemn Trump. That's what's so weird. It's this, it's this milk toast, lukewarm. Are they praising him or are they criticizing him? You can't tell. And he, that's what's so weird. All of these people: Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, um, Tim Scott. They tried to take each other out. They raced each other when the person in the lead is Donald Trump and nobody tried to race him. How do you win someone, win against someone you're not even racing? How do you beat someone you're not even fighting? It's it. You know what? It's it is like um, it's it's like playing a football game against somebody but refusing to tackle. Yeah. You, You just like, well, you bump them, you give them a good nudge, but then they just keep running and running with the ball and you lose. 
Because you're like, oh, I don't want to offend you. Well, that's, a, that's a really difficult, I don't know how you thread that needle Mm-mm. of trying to beat somebody, but being very, very careful to not maybe upset any of their voters, which, by the way, is a completely separate issue that if you are so sensitive that if anybody criticizes your candidate even a little bit and they are part of the party your candidate is a member of, too, that's crazy to and me. I've praised. How are you that sensitive about that? Yeah. And and I have also praised Nikki Haley and I would vote for Nikki Haley. But yeah. what's scare what what's weird to me, I don't know if it scares me, that's a the wrong word. What's what's disheartening, disappointing is what seems to be her ostensible fear of losing or offending the most biased prejudiced members of the Republican Party when you she gave a speech in New Hampshire yeah. at, when was asked about the cause of the Civil War and you don't bring up slavery because maybe you're afraid that might offend some people. Just, why would that offend what you? What in the world? I, I don't understand why that and would offend And it was New person. Hampshire. Yeah. It's, I mean, so oh, that was like, what, what I don't know. I, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Let's hear what the people think. 314-436-7900 is the number to call in. We'll come back. Quick break. Right back after this on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Chris and Amy on KMOX um, at the bottom of the hour, which is 1030 for those of you who don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Think of the second hand on a clock. And then when it goes to the bottom. Yeah, the bottom. It's the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll be talking to Dale Shilley because we mentioned City SC is mm-hmm. in just started training camp because they're getting ready for the regular season. And we'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on the on the new team, which is kind of different. A couple of new faces. So um, we will talk to him soon. That's coming up on the show. 314-436-7900 to visit with us. Let's talk to and Judah. What? 314-436-7900. You can call or texts. text. Mm-hmm. And we love a good text. Judah is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Judah. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, well, I've got a few thoughts on who it won't be for sure and who it might be. Are we talking uh, vice be- president? Like New Hampshire, yes. or, oh, okay, vice, vice president. president. Okay. Uh, and I got a comment about Nikki as well. Go ahead. Uh, it will not be Vivek. He's too craving for attention. Trump doesn't like that. Good point. Good point. Yep. It will not be Vivek. If you notice, when Vivek steps up to speak, he pushes him away uh, pretty quickly when he finishes. Uh, what I find interesting is uh, Tim Scott. Uh, somehow found uh, the desire to be married all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. He got it engaged did, on a beach. It was a very busy couple months for Tim Scott, sure was. wasn't it? Very. He crammed that in really quickly. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for Lindsay to get married as well soon. <laughs> Perhaps there's a cabinet uh, spot for him. Okay. Uh, with those two things I uh, said, uh, Stefanik, she's spoken out against Trump before. Uh, around January 6th, but uh, she wants she did, power. She did, you're right. Yep. She, she wants power. She wants power. So, so does the Nancy Mace. 
and uh, the other ones. So uh, they're in the running because Trump is looking to blunt the abortion issue with a woman. Uh, but he's also making some inroads with African-American men. So that's why I think Tim Scott got his uh, got his got himself together uh, visually. Um, hmm. Now, with re- regarding Nikki Haley, you're right, ma'am. Um, Nikki Haley just said that Trump is losing it. He, he referred to her as Nancy uh, Pelosi. And the very thing she did this morning was when they asked her if Trump was losing it and if Trump was uh, somewhat uh, detached from the current issues and, and, and it, with, with, a, with a shaky mindset, she says, oh, well, no, I don't want to say that. Mm-hmm. She's too scared to run up against Trump. Christie was right in that hot mic moment. She will wilt under the pressure. She will cry. She does not have the strength of Hillary Clinton. Say what you want. Hillary Clinton is a tough woman, and she could have done the job, I think. And you're hearing this from a black moderate Republican who will never vote for Trump. Uh, but th- those are my thoughts on the matter. Judah, we appreciate those thoughts. Those um, are great. Th- I think when one of us is out, we should call Judah. I agree. That was pretty, those, were, those were all great points, so, Judah. Thanks for calling and in. I, and I agree with him on Haley, and I don't think that we can – when we do the postmortem mm-hmm. on this entire primary and people examine it 10 years from now or, <sighs> or 20 years from now, they will say that all of the people who ran against him ran scared, which is – Because it's, you, it's, you cannot run score. It is exactly like playing sports. It is exactly like <laughs> – you can't play scared. Well, when you right. play scared, you lose. Or I would even say, did they run against him or did they just run? I don't think they ran against Trump. But you have to because he's, have he is to. essentially the incumbent. Yes. You have to. Yeah. And so I don't like, but I, I think if Nikki Haley were to be the president, I think she'd be a great president. Were she to be the Republican nominee, I would vote for her 10 times over. Uh do I think she's going to be the Republican nominee? No. And do I think some of that is because of the equivocation, the hesitancy to make strong statements that would in any way be negative towards Trump or his base? Yeah, I think that's a huge reason why. At the same time, I understand in politics there is a a line that you have to walk in the Republican Party because Chris Christie didn't have a chance. Texter says, I agree. DeSantis kissed the ring and is looking for vice president or looking to be vice president. But it saddens me such a horrible person is going to be POTUS. And it's a tragedy the Dems don't have a viable candidate to compete with. That, I I, I agree that it would be a tragedy for Trump to be the Republican nominee. I do wish how... The Republicans are supposed to be the normal party now. If the Republic, excuse me, the Democrats, if the Republicans have lost their mind, we need at least a healthy Democratic Party. I, Biden's not a good candidate. He's, he's but not. I, but I'm going to say this, though. He's not a horrific candidate like everybody's making him out to be. And I don't know where all these people, some of the polling is very, very close between the two of them. But I think when we get down to it. The, the reason the Biden campaign wants Trump to be the nominee is because they believe that's the one guy they can beat. They're afraid of Nikki Haley. They're afraid yes. of her. Oh, Nikki Haley they beats Joe Biden. They know they can beat Donald Trump. So I don't know where this is coming from, that Trump's absolutely going to beat him. That's, uh, slow down on that talk. I would absolutely pump the brakes there. Um, Amy Marks, course, Chris Ranji, let's talk a little football. Dale Schilly joins us next on KMOX. 
It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. We are pretty close to the uh, start of the regular season. What, about a month away? A little bit? Hmm. A little bit more than a month away from the beginning of the City SC season. They are underway in training camp right now. And to discuss that with us on the Quiver River Electric guest line, we talk to radio analysts. You can hear the games with he and uh, Joey Zanaboni on Y98. Dale Schilly is with us this morning on KMOX. What's up, Dale? Hi, Chris. How you doing? We're doing okay. Are you ready for soccer season? You have to be. I, yeah, I feel like it's never left. I'm uh, really excited. We are just under a month away. Uh, first game will be at City Park on uh, February 20th. Oh, that's, that is right, man. It is, it's yeah. coming up very, very quickly. So we've got, um, I forgot that it's already the 23rd. For some reason, oh I'm gosh. thinking it's like January 15th. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong. All right. So well, it's the ice storm. It, yeah, that's it's the ice storm. It's freezing my brain. Well, and Christmas was so warm leading up to Christmas. That's now I feel Christmassy. You're right. Now Finally. it's time for Christmas. So these guys are uh, they're getting ready for the season already. What what is a training camp like in uh, in the MLS, especially early on? Yeah, so they'll have two separate camps. One they're currently down in Port St. Lucie. They've been down there for about a week. Uh, they, you know, train once a day, twice a day uh, on some days, and then uh, they've done an inner squad game, and then they've had a couple days off. They'll train a few more, and then I believe Friday they'll play Nashville in a in a friendly where both teams will empty out their roster. They'll, you know, limit the number of minutes that guys will play just so that they don't risk injury, uh, and then they'll do that for the remainder of the of their their camp down in uh down in port st Lucie, they'll come back here for a few days and then head out to palm springs california for a similar camp but obviously ratched up a little bit more play a few more games and uh and that'll be in preparation for the february 20th champions cup game against houston Dale, as it pertains to uh soccer how much time coming off an off season do the players need before they can actually, you know, get involved in a game? Because you are, tra- they, they, are they all work out and they all train to some extent during the off season, but there's got to be some sort of ramp up process. Yeah, there's, it's about a two week, um, about a two week period before uh, the game here with, with Nashville, where guys will probably play a half. Uh, they'll probably split the team in into two, uh, give everybody 45 minutes, and then uh, you know their next game they'll ramp up to 60 minutes. So about two weeks, I would say, somewhere between four and six weeks before they'll put them into uh, you know the real first game. So they would have started their camp probably around July, January 12th or 13th, and uh, you know in preparation for the February 20th opener. And a lot of these guys, have they been playing in the interim between the end of MLS and then the beginning of training camp? Because I know, I don't know the interworkings of how MLS works, but I keep seeing headlines about players being loaned or a player going over here for a bit. So have a lot of these guys played quite a bit in the meantime? No, probably not. You know, the MLS season is a long season. So if you think that they're starting here on, you know, early January, let's say mid-January, and the season ended for us uh, early November of last year, 
that's a that's a long season. That's a ten month, eleven month season. Um, so they'll they'll have, have taken some time off just to to heal, uh, to refresh themselves. Then maybe start a workout program uh, in December to prepare them for the first days of of training camp. When you start seeing about players being loaned out. Um, that's that's in in preparation for the upcoming year. Okay. So players that are going out on loan will not be playing games during that time period. They'll most likely waiting for the next season. Except in the case of Az Jackson, where he got uh, he got a chance to play with the national team. So there he was at a training camp, and he was playing with uh, with our national team. Uh, one of those players who is being loaned to the Birmingham Legion of the second division USL championship um, is Miguel Perez, who made his debut last year with city SC and he was still uh, attending Pattonville high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was in Pattonville high school, you know, had to, had to make special arrangements when he went away to preseason camp. He did the, the same stint last year. He went to Florida for preseason. Then he went to California for preseason. He traveled with the first team and played with the first team. I believe he scored a goal here at home, I think against Vancouver, uh, the same week he graduated from high school. So, wow. Dale, there is a the team looks a little bit different. Some new additions during the off season, but it's not it's not a a complete overhaul, obviously. So, what are we looking at now for the upcoming year? Yeah, so I think you know, like like Amy just mentioned, um, Miggy has gone to Birmingham Legion. It's a it's a good move for him personally. It'll give him a a chance to get major minutes, uh, and it'll help his development at such a young age. It, it, we'll see him back in the stadium at some point, and then we've picked up a uh, a midfield player from DC United, uh, uh, Chris Chris Durkin. Uh, he'll help. Um, he'll help out in the center of the park and help us with you know connecting passes and ball winning and whatnot. So he's a good addition to the group. Uh, and then we picked up two outside backs: one Nicholas Durr from Denmark and Tomas Totland from uh, from Sweden. Again, two positions that after watching the team play in the playoffs and and at the end of the year last year, we needed to be a little bit better with the ball and when we had possession and these two players will help us in, in that regard. So those are the three additions right now. There's, you know, we, we lost Nico Giacchini, uh, you know, fan favorite had 10 or 11 goals with the club last year. Uh, he went to Como in, uh, in Italy, beautiful place. And he's I'm sure enjoying his time at Lake Como in Northern Italy. So when you have a team like City SC, when you look at payrolls around the league, they're in the in the bottom tier in terms of spending. And we know what they did during the beginning part of, of last year. They were outstanding, and they ended up with that top seed by the end of the season. But how do you go on to compete against the teams like, you know, Galaxy and Toronto and... I mean, Miami obviously has a, a yeah, messy yeah. there, so they're gonna. There's a lot of money tied up there because of him. But but how do you compete with teams like that when you're having to do it on a budget, basically? Yeah, you know what? That's that happens worldwide. It's just not, you know, in the MLS. It's just not here locally. You know, worldwide there there are clubs in every league that spend more than than other 
organizations. And that's just the job of the coach and the players to, and the sporting director and the whole organization to come together in some way to be able to compete and be successful. So it's not unusual. It's, it's just the way that it, the way the sport is and some clubs spend more than others. And you just have to figure out tactically how you're going to, how you're going to play, do a better job in, in mining out the players that fit your system um, you know, develop them through your academy program, like a Miggy Perez, and you know, just find ways to to make it work. So we did it last year through cohesion, um, you know, just a unified way of playing, and guys just gutting it out and performing and working hard and outworking their opponents. And at the end of the day, it didn't carry us to the MLS Cup, but it did make us to the playoffs. So, now we make a few more improvements, and yeah. hopefully, we get there next year. Yeah, that's a, just now that you've had time to look back on the end of last season, and and we all know what happened against KC in the playoffs. What what in your mind went wrong, and how do you address those things during the off season? If it's not a complete roster overhaul or anything like that, how do you how do you address it and move forward and, and try to make sure you're, you're better for next year? Uh, I mean, teams learned over the course of the year how to prepare for us. So. It, you know, they underestimated the quality of the players that we had and the, and the impact of how we were trying to play. Uh, so they, they developed some ideas and were better prepared for us as the year went on. And, and teams found success by literally allowing us to have the ball and they would sit in their back half of the field and defend and, uh, and let us, you know, kind of give the ball away and, and not create chances even though we were in possession and they would counterattack against us. So, you know, we had to fix those. And I think, you know, with a center midfield player uh, in Durkin who will help give Leuven, who's one of our designated players, one of our top players, give him some more freedom to go forward. And then with the two outside backs, I think those are, are good steps. Now we'll see if the money we made on Jalkini, if that will allow us to go out and purchase another attacking player or another center back or, what have you, we'll see if there's any moves left before we get the season started. And speaking of the next season, I think it it stands to reason that it will be even tougher for this new team. Obviously, there's the excitement of an expansion team. There is the unknown because these players have just come together. Every team that you're playing is playing you for the first time. And now, now they're dug in a bit. Now they do have a marker on their backs because of how successful they were in the regular season last year. And also teams are a bit more familiar with them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you hit it right on the head to repeat what we did last year is going to be very difficult. And, and I think the guys are up for the challenge. I know coach Bradley and, and the staff are, are up for the challenge and we'll see, you know, I think the, the addition of the new players will help change the environment. Uh, we'll raise the level of training, uh, make it a little bit more competitive and we'll see. I mean, we've got a, a really tough road to hoe with this new competition for us, you know, Coming in first place in the Western Conference qualified us for a, the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is a, a regional-based event, meaning teams from Central America North and North America, Canada, um, will, will play in a, in a tournament against each other. And those are games that are in addition to the MLS league season. So it's added competition. It's more games. Uh, it, it's a very difficult 
setup having to really play in, in these two competitions along with something called the League's Cup, uh, it's going to be taxing on the guys. We'll see if we can handle it. Dale Shilly, we are looking forward to the season, looking forward to listening to you and Joey on Y98. Thank you for being with us today. As always, thanks a lot. That is Dale Shilly, soccer analyst, uh, with us here on KMOX. And yes, I used to joke that the um, NHL season was like five days, or off season was like five yeah. days. This, the soccer season, is like five days. Yeah. It's so short. Yeah. I mean, so? it just it feels like it just ended. If you, uh, uh, if you, I guess, canceled your Apple Plus subscription, you oh, probably yeah, you better, need to. It's time to get back on yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, did you see this? America's favorite segment next on KMOX. Or not. Hello. We're trying to go to commercial break and things are broken and frozen. <laughs> so I guess we have to keep talking now, Amy. Well, there's a lot of things that I would like to do a commercial for. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Name something. Um, uh, Caldi's Coffee. Oh, my God. Caldi's is so good. Oh, my gosh. I joined Genesis Health Clubs oh, uh, in Ballpark Village. We're not just giving out free advertising now. I'm just telling now. you, Genesis, that's not, that's if you... That's not what this is. If they should. I, uh, I actually was there this morning. Great. The treadmills are great. Cool. The locker rooms and bathrooms are clean. You get to look overlook the ballpark while you're working out. Honestly... It's a delight. Speaking of free advertising, we've got uh, uh, George Mayhe from St. Louis Magazine coming yeah. up in the 12 o'clock hour, who is going to tell us about new restaurants and old restaurants and all kinds of stuff. He's he's always with us. We also have Ed O'Keefe from CBS News. He'll yep. be joining us at 1130. Is he from New Hampshire? To discuss the New Hampshire primaries that are oh. happening today. And even more importantly, yeah, you know what we're doing today? Oh, my gosh. We're giving away the Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers tickets. <laughs> oh, baby. Let's go. And, uh, okay, we are giving away Doobie Brothers tickets mm-hmm. uh, with Michael McDonald. With Michael McDonald. Presumably. And Ronj asked, well, why is Michael McDonald <laughs> I did. Uh, going with the Doobie Brothers? Very innocently yesterday I said, what? Yeah. Oh, Michael McDonald. Cool. Why is he going to be there? Yeah, because he is in the Doobie Brothers. I did not know then, that. Then, then Ronj asked... <laughs> So, are I, there are there actually are there actually brothers named Doobie? <laughs> I, I, I like like Bob and Bill Doobie. That. Yes, I told Ron that there are there are the Doobie brothers, Bill and Bob Doobie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I guess we could do the contest now. No, let's not do it now. Why can't we do it now? Because we want to make people stay here. It's a it, it is a it's incentive? a ruse. It's a ruse. <laughs> this is not an incentive. Yeah, it is actually. No one is listening to us. Amy, are you are you be- new to radio? No one is still listening because you they're like, I want to win the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah doofus. They okay, are. Okay, fine. Listen, you guys got to keep welcome, listening. Welcome to radio. You have to keep listening. Thank you for joining us because we are going to give away Doobie. Can we go to tickets. break or no? We don't know. <laughs> try try pushing buttons, James, and see if it works. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing is working. Did we tell somebody that the thing is not working? Okay. okay. So what do we do? We just keep talking. I for have the, a did you see this? Oh yeah. Let's let's do. Did you see this? You ready? Ready. Did you see this on KMOX? All right. Go ahead. What do you got? So do you remember the little girl that Jason Kelsey picked up during yeah, the Chiefs Bills game? And had game? the sign. 
Yep, so the, so the Chiefs won 27-24 against the Buffalo Bills at Highmark Stadium. And Jason Kelsey jumped out of his sweet window. Not like his sweet window. I know window. what you mean. Yeah, okay. Out of his suite. Through the window. Taylor Swift was in the window. There was this little girl holding a sign saying that she loves Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, her first football game. She's eight years old. Her name is Ella. Jason Kelsey jumped out, picked up Ella, held her up so that she could hold up her sign, and Taylor Swift saw it and was able to wave and smile. The mom, Jessica, Jessica Piazza of Ella, said she had no idea how viral it went yeah. uh, until the next morning. What's funny is that the mom also thought it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> The former oh, really? Bills the quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> yes, That's she really thought funny. she thought that Ella had been picked up by Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Bills' former a former Bills quarterback, um, also former Rams backup quarterback, and it hadn't. It wasn't, of course. It was Jason Kelsey, and yeah. so right now the little girl doesn't really have an idea of just how special all of that was. Uh, she was definitely on cloud nine, and she can't believe that she got to see Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift waved and smiled at her. She said Ella also doesn't realize how famous Jason Kelsey is, and that, you know, she's in third grade. So she's just living her life and had a great moment at her first football game. How do you top that? You can't. That's your first football game. You never do It's a playoff game. Now, I guess the Bills lost, but it's a playoff game. You're picked up by one of the, the, the best center in the NFL, Jason Kelsey. You get to see and wave to Taylor Swift, who waves back at you. That's pretty cool. This is a story from about a week ago, Amy, that we have been meaning to get into, and we never really discussed it. Mm-hmm. But did you see that the Federal Highway Administration... Oh, my gosh. Has just they put out a new manual, about an 1100 page manual that if you've ever been traveling down a highway that has um, electronic signs Mm -hmm. that will put up on them, hey, construction ahead or messages like slow down or click it or ticket Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Right. Clever, funny, amusing messages. Yeah, And you probably have seen those. Well, now they are going to do away with the clever and funny. Because what? yes, they're mm-hmm. no they'll they'll continue to have messages, warning messages, construction up ahead messages, stuff like that. But they will no longer be funny because they have determined that those funny signs are distracting. So this is this is ridiculous. I guess this is Pete Buttigieg, his administration um, decided that the funny, amusing signs are distracting. There are still billboards. All so, across highways, and right. they will still have signs. Well, they signs, can't do anything about that. And they'll still have signs that say, buckle in so you don't die. Honestly, how is how is an amusing sign any more distracting? Well, apparently they have looked into it, and they feel like it is causing accidents. There I, don't must think, be- I don't think they've looked into it. Name... 314-436-7900, if you text in, if you were in a car crash because of an amusing sign telling you to buckle in, and if you think you wouldn't have crashed if the sign were slightly less amusing. Well, um, I, I think is there dumb. is some. This is dumb to I don't me. think it is that dumb. It's dumb. I don't think it is. Uh, some of the messages are kind of funny and stupid. Stuff yep. like uh, visiting in-laws, slow down, get there late. Or... <laughs> Don't drive Star Spangled Hammered. That I one's did. pretty that good. That pretty good. Hocus Pocus, drive with focus. Yeah. That was a good one. Or hands on the wheel, not your meal. Is that it is also so a good amusing one. that you would crash your car? 
I think anything that takes your eyes off what's directly but in front of you for a long period of time, I don't know. Maybe they've studied it. But a serious Maybe sign. they have gotten a number of of accidents mm-hmm. that have occurred, and when the police show up, they it. say what happened, and they allow us reading the sign. I'm, I'm, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I probably do it too much even with, like, the government because I yeah. think— the whole thing's messed up. I think the government often treats us like we're idiots. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.